Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Southern Hospitality Podcast. I'll be your host, Blake Wool. Uh, today, I got a nice little show lined up. Some college football. Uh, talk about the Big 12, the future of the Big 12. Some uh, Get into some of the NFL power rankings. Uh, some awards to this point in the season. Uh, and then we'll talk. finish it off with a little bit of NBA. So first off... Uh, I want to talk about um, college football, some of the rankings. Uh, the AP poll has Georgia at number one, Cincinnati two, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ole Miss. Um, I think Georgia is by far the best team in, in college football right now. And – I think I think they'll end up winning out, and I actually think they'll beat Alabama and uh, get into the get into the playoff at number one easily. Um, my rank, I have uh, Georgia number one. Like I said, I think Alabama comes in at number two. Um, I've got Cincinnati three, OU four. Even though they played awful this last week, I don't know how. I don't know how. It'll, Number three team in the nation scores 10 points in the first half against Kansas. <laughs> That's just ridiculous to me. Uh, I've got Michigan at five. And I know a lot of people probably want to get that, but they're undefeated. Um, they're playing really good. They got a good defense. They're the typical Michigan team. They just kind of, you know, run it, dink and dunk here and there. And, and just use their defense to win games. Uh, I've got Michigan State at six because they're also undefeated. Um, and then I've got Oregon at seven just because of their win over Ohio State. Anytime you can go into Columbus and beat Ohio State, who is a very good team, uh, that says something. And then right behind them, I've got Ohio State because of those reasons. I think Ohio's I think Ohio State probably is one of the top four or five teams in the country, but uh, with that loss to Oregon, I uh, had to rank Oregon ahead of them. Then I've got Iowa at number nine uh, and Ole Miss at 10. Um, my playoff up to this point would probably be Georgia. Uh, their key, though, is uh, basically just to make it to the SEC championship. I think if they just get – if they get there, um, a loss to Alabama – uh, I think they're still in just because they've been so dominant all season. And uh, I think – I don't think you can keep a, a one-loss Georgia team out and put a one-loss uh, Alabama team in, um, even though Alabama would have the uh, SEC championship. Um, then I've got Cincinnati. I've got Cincinnati in. Uh, I, don't, I don't see them losing another game. Um, and I don't know how you can keep them out this year. They've been they've been disrespected in the past, and I think I think this is the year that a group of five team gets into the playoff. Then I've got OU. They also must win out. I don't think I don't think the committee is going to put a one loss Oklahoma team as bad as they have played this year uh, at times into the playoff. Uh, and then I've got Michigan. Uh, I think they got a pretty good team, but they have to be Ohio State. They've struggled in that game every year. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know when the last time they beat uh, Ohio State was. 
So, but that's the key for them. Um, I think if Ohio State ends up running the table uh, from here on out and they're the B-10 uh, champion, I think they get in. Um, I don't think anybody from the Pac-12, even even Oregon, if they end up winning out, I don't think I don't think Oregon has the other than the the win at Ohio State. I don't think I don't I just don't think the Pac-12 is good enough for them to have another loss. Uh, so that's it. Uh, Georgia at one, Cincinnati at two, Oklahoma at three, and then I think Michigan finally pulls it off and ends up in the uh, college football playoff. Um, uh, I live in Oklahoma, so the Big 12 uh, is, a uh, you know, obviously the big conference around here. So I'm going to get into some of that uh, kind of rankings, what I think about each team a little bit. Um, I actually went to the OU-Texas game this year, and that was obviously a barn burner, one of the funnest games you could ever be at in person. Uh, uh, OU is sitting at number one right now, obviously, because they're 8-0. They're 5-0 in the conference. They played pretty bad here and there, but overall, um, it's hard to – it's hard to keep OU out of number one. Uh, uh, Baylor's sitting at two right now. They're six and one, three and one in the conference. Their uh, only loss is to OSU by 10 points. Uh, and between Baylor, OSU, and Ohio State, I think you could uh, you could make a case for either of those three to be at number two. Um, I actually think right now uh, OSU wins. If they, if they all end up with one win, or excuse me, if they all end up with one loss, I believe OSU wins the tiebreaker because of their uh, point deficit in their win uh, over Baylor. They had a 10-point win. So it's it's Baylor at two, OSU at three, and Ohio, or Iowa State at four right now. Um, like I said, if OSU, if they all end up tied, then OSU gets that tiebreaker because they had a 10-point win over Baylor. And Iowa State only beat them by three. And Baylor only beat Iowa State by two points. So uh, right now it's Baylor two, OSU three, and Iowa State four. But I would take OSU at two and probably Iowa State at three. And Baylor would probably get the nod at four. After that, you have Texas. Uh, they're four and three overall, two and two in the conference. Uh, they lost to OSU and OU in back-to-back weeks. Like I said, I went to the OU-Texas game. And man, that was fun. Uh, have you ever been to? Have you ever been to? Well, any college football game for that matter. But have you ever been to OU Texas, JD? Uh, I didn't go to the actual game, but I did go to OU Texas, like Dallas, for like the festivities a couple for times. like the weekend. Yeah, and it's fun. Uh, I actually went a few years back too, and uh, we ended up staying. We stayed in a hotel about twenty miles north of there, just. Uh, just to kind of stay out of the traffic and that way we're still close, but not too close. Uh, turns out it just so happened to be, uh, the student section and the band for Texas play or stayed in the same, uh, same hotel as us. So yeah, I'm sure you can imagine next morning, there's a bunch of Texas fans, uh, Texas students already drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. We're trying to get to check out late to check out almost late to the game. Uh, so, Anyway, that was super fun this year. I mean, OU OU's down 
what, 14 – their defense have been on the field for three plays and they're already down 14-0. So you can imagine the feelings after that. And then, oh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely didn't think they were coming back this one. So you, you probably went to one of the greatest of all time. And I think the halftime score was 38-20, if I remember right, down 18 and a half. The, the cool thing, though, was at halftime, like I said, they're down 38-20. Uh, OU's walking off the field, and, and they walk uh, at that stadium. They walk right through the, the uh, you know, the where the locker rooms are. And it's it's on the OU side, so all the fans are right there. Uh, I, I saw a lot from the OU fans because as they're walking through, uh, uh, everybody everybody cheered for them, as opposed to a few weeks back when they're booing, you know, the starting quarterback playing bad so I, I saw a lot of that and, and then from that point on you just kind of knew uh you just kind of knew that there was a chance and obviously there was they end up coming back and winning uh 55 48 I believe so uh anyway that's Texas at five uh I've got Texas Tech uh at six they're five and three two and three overall um I think I think from Texas Tech K-State TCU and West Virginia I think you could you could uh put them anywhere and you'd probably be right uh, I've got Tech, then I've got K-State, number seven. Uh, although they have lost to the three best teams in OU, OSU, and Iowa State. Uh, then I've got TCU, they're three and four, one and three overall. West Virginia at nine. Um, another, another like puzzling victory for OU. I don't know how they only win by three, and not only that, but by a game-winning field goal as the uh, – the times run off the clock. That is the first time ever that OU has won a game by a game-winning field goal uh, as time expired. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, West Virginia has a pretty good defense. Um, obviously, as you can tell, they held OU to 16 points. Anytime you can do that, uh, you have a pretty damn good defense. Even Alabama and and those guys ain't doing that in the playoffs. So, and then obviously Kansas. Will Kansas ever not be? Uh, number 10 in the conference and maybe when some of these new teams come in. Uh, but that, that's kind of the standings in the big 12 right now. Um, and then that kind of brings us to the question, like what is the future of the big 12? Uh, obviously OU and Texas, they're going to the SEC. Uh, I, I think personally they'll be there if not next year, absolutely in 2023. Um, I think, I think the money's too good in the SEC to miss out even on even on next year. I think, like I said, I think they'll be there next year. Um, the deal is, I think, I believe Texas, you know, they have that Longhorn network. I believe um, there was talk about them maybe selling their Longhorn network to uh, ESPN. I think ESPN buying out that contract and then uh, Texas actually buying OU and their sales out of the contract with – Fox and the Big 12, and so that would obviously put them there next year. Um, I highly doubt that Texas would actually do that, but as I said before, I think either way, a buyout from OU to get out of their contract and into the SEC would uh, make them more money faster right off the bat. So, And then uh, with them leaving, uh, they've introduced BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. Obviously, Cincinnati – uh, had them rank their uh, two or three overall, depending on kind of what polls you look at. Uh, so that's obviously a really good addition. BYU, they've been a powerhouse for 50 years uh, in college football. Um, so those are two really good ads. Uh, Houston and UCF, they're decent here and there. 
Houston had a really good team a few years back, uh, actually beating OU uh, in their uh, in their opener. I want to say that was in 16, maybe, maybe 17. I don't remember the exact date on that. Um, so four really good additions right there. Uh, I think if OU and Texas would have stayed uh, between OU, Texas, the four that I just mentioned, and the existing Big 12, I believe that that'd be a pretty dang good conference. Um, I don't know if it'd be better than the Big 10, but I think it'd be right there competing with them. Obviously, the SEC would still be number one. Um, uh, but with with uh, OU Texas leaving, going to the SEC, and then uh, those four teams come in, I, I think it, you could almost make a case it'd be a group of five conference there. I think I think they'd still be bigger, still be better than the Pac-12 and possibly the ACC if Clemson don't bounce back. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, JD? Like Homer, Homer pick. That's definitely some Homer right there. Like, you can't say arguably better than Ohio. I mean, the Big Ten when they have nowhere near. No, 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 not not the Big Ten. The Big Ten, the Big Ten is still. I'm saying, I'm saying, if if OU and Texas stayed and added those four teams, I think then they would compete with the Big Ten. Oh, I think we. I mean, the Big Twelve is already competing with the Big Ten now because right. You got Ohio State and Oklahoma canceling each other out, and then everything else is kind of interchangeable. Right. But in, in terms of money, though, the Big Ten, I think, oh. is leaps and bounds. I think I think the Big Ten, even, even right now, I think they still make more money than the SEC. Whoa, no, no. There's, there's like 22 teams in the SEC. I, I'm saying right now, without OU Texas, n- nothing's happened yet. I'm pretty sure – the Big Ten makes more money in terms of in terms of like like Ohio State what they make per year, which obviously the uh, I don't know if you know, but like uh, so uh, right now um, let's say Iowa they make the same amount of money as Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State has a whole lot better program. You would think that they would make more money, but also in the SEC, Vanderbilt makes the same exact money as Alabama. In their contract with uh, like Fox and CBS, or not? Yeah, the revenue share. Yeah, the revenue shares. They make they make the same amount of money. So, I I believe, and you can look this up. I'll even try to look this up, but I believe that I believe that the ace the big excuse me I believe the Big Ten they make more money than the ACC does right now to this point. But I don't know you in Texas, obviously. Uh, the SEC wants them because they're two cash cows uh, and obviously bringing more money that way. Um, I mean, you are definitely right. And yeah, I, I thought I was wrong, but I, yeah, I mean, the- it's, it's crazy to think, but I mean, you, you got to think about just kind of geographics. Um, I mean, there's some, there's, you know, a lot of people up in up in that part of the world. Obviously, there is two down in the south, but yeah, it's population uh, density. Yeah, it says yeah. Big Ten. It's the largest. Re- it's by seven hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. The Big Ten generates as a, the as SEC a whole, as a whole yeah. each year. Yeah, seven sixty-eight, and the SEC generates seven twenty-eight. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's I mean, it's pretty comparable, but I mean, uh, wow. it's it's still a little bit bigger. Kind of did I blow your mind right there? And the well, mainly because the Big Twelve is sitting at four oh nine. 
Yeah, the, yeah, the Big Twelve is is terrible. Uh, I, I want to say um, right now, like OU and and well, I mean everybody for that matter. I want to say they make like thirty eight million somewhere in there, thirty eight, thirty nine, maybe even a little less than that, maybe thirty six or thirty four. But anyway, uh, I think the projections for uh, for OU and Texas moving into the uh, SEC, I want to say they're going to be making like sixty eight to seventy million year so i mean it's a no-brainer for ou and texas to want to go to the acc they're going to almost double their double their revenue each year i know there's been a lot of like like backlash towards like them being shady and whatnot not telling the big 12 they're trying to leave but i mean if you if you've got uh even in everyday life if you've got job opportunities you know you're not going to tell your current employer that you're looking to go because he's just going to offer you and then you're going to be out two jobs <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I think I think in this new Big 12 with OU and Texas leaving, I think OSU may be the best team out of those uh, on a year-to-year basis. I know Cincinnati is really good this year, and they have been in the past few years. I think OSU they've got a, a they've got a nice culture going on up there. They're usually really good on defense, and uh, up until this year, they've actually had a really good offense. Um, so I think OSU is probably the best team. Uh, BYU would be in that conversation. My um, question to you, Mr. Blake Wall, is, is Mike Gundy, is he the leader of this Oklahoma State leading into the new Big 12? Do they need a new face if they're going to be the leader, a new young face, or is he the face to take them? I think Mike Gundy is a really good coach. He's probably the best coach in OSU uh, – in, in history of the of the uh but is the he program. the face to take them in this new landscape of college football and this new asset of not ha- being the little brother of the big 12 like being the new the front runner is he the guy i think he is i think i think anytime anytime you're you know you're osu and you have that monkey on your back you know you got ou looking over your shoulder kind of treating you like the, uh, you know, the little brother, it's hard to get over that hump. And without OU being there, he has no pressure at this point. You know what I'm saying? It's his state is in terms of the big 12, obviously, obviously OU is still gonna, it's still the, you know, the sooner state, so to speak. But I I do believe in Mike Gundy. I think he's a really good coach. Like I said, he's, he's probably the best in the program, uh, the best in their history, but I, I think, I think he could get it done. Um, I think maybe he gets them to a playoff in the next few years. That may be a stretch, but I mean, with, with OU gone and if he can win a a big 12 championship, I think it's right there for him to take. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like I said, Cincinnati is going to be right there competing and it helps their chances out a lot, actually getting into a playoff. If they're, if they're still a 14 playoff, I think, uh, I think the big 12 still, they can still get in with the champion. Um, they may have to go undefeated as a champion. I don't think any one loss uh, Big 12 team uh, is, is getting in, 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 in the new Big 12. Uh, and that kind of gets me to my next point. Uh, the There's been talk about a 12-team playoff. How do you feel about that? I mean – it's college football is kind of ruined anyway. Like you might as yeah. well. Like what's why not kind of thing. Uh, I kind of like it. 
I kind of don't like it. There's things I think 12 is a bit much because then you get into like, I mean, just some of these, some of these good, these good group of five teams that are, that look a lot better because they don't play any competition. Uh, I would say that about Cincinnati because in the past they, they've, they've fallen under that category. They've had a really good record, but maybe not played some of the, the, you know, better teams, but but this year you can't say that about them. They've scheduled really good this year. Um, I think they they beat Notre Dame. Am I right on that? I think they beat Notre Dame. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but they they scheduled tougher, so uh, <coughs> you can give them credit for that. Um, I think I think you get into like like a, a UCF or somebody like that. I think they went undefeated a few years ago. You get into them playing Alabama and you're just kind of have a bunch of, of blowout games, which I guess you could say that about when Alabama and LSU play OU too. I guess they blow them out too. So, uh, but I, I I, like I said, I, I like eight. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand a bunch of the, uh, you know, the higher ups at the university after this OU Texas move, they've acted like they've been opposed to a, to a 12-team 12, 12 playoff, which I don't understand because uh, with the current format, it's hard for, for a Notre Dame, you know, they're independent of BYU, a Cincinnati from a group of five. It's hard for them to get in because, you know, a Notre Dame, they don't – they can't be a conference champion. So – which is obviously some of their the criteria that the committee looks at when they're, uh, you know, picking their top four. Um. I, like I said, I like I like an eight team. I think that's about right. For OU and Texas, better hope that it doesn't stay at a four if they want to have any chance. Which I don't think Texas Texas doesn't even really have a chance. Texas never right made now. it. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have it. I think they made it to the Big Twelve championship one year. Um. So, but oh, let's be more specific. OU better hope that. It, it gets expanded to to at least eight, maybe even this, if it gets expanded to six, I think they still have a good chance. I think OU competes in the in the SEC right away. They may not, they obviously not going to win six and six, seven in a row. They're not doing that, but I think I think they'll, you know, every three years, I think they'll be in the in the in the championship game every three, every four years, something like that. Um, it, obviously, it's going to be a lot difficult. A lot more difficult. They better start recruiting a little bit better, getting better on the defense because, I mean, we've seen it in the past. They they have, I mean, historical offenses, breaking records left and right, and but they can't stop nobody. And when you get into a big game like uh, like they have in the in the semifinal or the playoff, they 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 meet somebody with a really good defense, and they can't stop their offense, and so that just leads to big blowouts. <laughs> so, the. Uh, the recruiting's got to get better on defensive end, particularly. I think they'll still be fine with the offense that they're that they're putting up. They're still getting big recruits, five stars, uh, best quarterback in the in the country, best receivers. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think OU will do fine in the SEC. As for Texas, they're gonna be bottom bottom eight somewhere in there. They're gonna be the bottom half, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, they're not going to be better than LSU. Shoot, A&M, A&M's better than them right now. Um, Sarkeesian's not the answer? You don't think Steve Sarkeesian's the answer? Well, I think it's, I think it's too soon. 
I think it's too soon right now. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is a really good coach. Obviously, he's a really good quarterback coach. Um, and OU can tell you that, by the way, that Casey Thompson put up 400, close to 400 yards passing and four touchdowns or something in that game. Um, uh, and and uh, Sarkeesian actually has some – I think he came from Alabama. He has he has SEC ties, but – I. We talk about OU's recruiting. Texas recruiting's got to get a little bit better too, um, which they have recruited pretty good. I don't know what it is. They cannot win games down in Austin, um, and especially against OU the past past ten or so years. I don't know if they won three games, maybe two. I couldn't tell you. Um, I know they won in in eighteen. I believe they won in eighteen, which they almost lost that game when Kyler Murray had the one of the most improbable comebacks of all time, <clears throat> but ultimately end up beating OU by a field goal. Um, but anyway, that gets me into my next thing, uh, uh, which is uh, getting into the NFL. Uh, my power rankings, I've got the Cardinals at one. I don't know how you could, how you could argue that. The 7-0, Kyler Murray's playing out of his mind. Um, and then would you, would you put anyone else at the number one spot right now? I mean, you can't. Like, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, seven and zero is kind of hard to argue against. Uh, I will say the Bucks have a really good, uh, a really good argument with Tom Brady playing like Bucks. an MVP, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I've got them at two. I've got the Bills at three. <clears throat> Josh Allen's playing really good. They've got a really good defense. They've had two shutouts this year, I believe, which is uh, almost unprecedented in the NFL. It's it's hard to even get one shot out. Um, then I've got the Rams at four. Uh, the Cowboys at five. I, I like the Rams. I like them going out and getting Matt, Matthew Stafford. He was out in Detroit, which is the, one of the worst places you can be for <laughs> for any kind of uh, any kind of pro athlete. Um, but Matthew Stafford, you can make a case for him for MVP right now. The way they've been playing, there, I think their one loss is to the Bucks, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. I believe they have one loss. No, they beat uh, the Bucks. Uh, oh, they they beat the Bucks. I'm sorry, they they lost yeah. to the Cardinals, which I think the Cardinals blew them out actually. So, uh, but I've got the Rams at four, uh, the Cowboys at five, uh, and I promise that's not a homer pick. I'm not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> the Packers at six. Uh, I've got the Chargers at seven. Justin Herbert's playing like an MVP. Uh, the Ravens at eight, although they've had some horrible uh, injury situations. I think they're down – they're close to 20 starters being out. I don't know about starters. They're down – they're close to 20, 20 of their, you know, key players being out. I want to say they're on like their fourth running back, fifth running back. Le'Veon Bell's getting minutes there. So, you know, they're down bad. Uh, we got the Titans at nine. Derrick Henry, if 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 the MVP wasn't, and uh, if it if it wasn't a cute quarterback award, I think not. you can make the case. I think you can make. I mean, I think I think it is at this point. I don't know how you could. I don't know how you could give it to somebody other than a quarterback. Oh, Adrian Peterson won about six years ago. Okay, that was a little bit longer than six. That was probably closer to ten. No, because Peyton Manning was still playing, man. Well, Peyton Manning's been out close to six. 
was Peyton Manning the year he won comeback player of the year because Adrian Peterson won MVP and then Peyton won comeback player of the year. I, Derrick uh, Henry is my MVP right now. I don't know about. Like, I, I'm I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue. Like I said, if if it was if I didn't think it was a quarterback award, then I would probably give it to Derrick Henry at this point. Personally, uh, I've got well. Uh, let's see, the Titans at nine. I've got the Titans at nine, and then the Browns at ten. Although they've had some really, really bad injuries as well. They're two. They have the best. Uh, you know, the best two running backs or the best. Run, the best backfield in the league they've got, and they're both hurt. So uh, I put them at 10 basically based off potential. I don't know who else you put. Um, and that gets us into, into my next thing, which is uh, the MVP of the league. Like we were talking about, personally, I would have to put Kyler Murray just because they've got the 7-0 record. Uh, the, his stats are comparable to my other two candidates, which would be Tom Brady and Josh Allen, uh, he's got 2,000 pass yards on the season uh, for 286 per game. He's got 17 touchdowns, five interceptions on 74% completion, which in the NFL, 74% is ridiculous. Uh, he's also got a measly 43 rush yards, but he's got three touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I've got Tom Brady in the mix too, which I think I think before the year is over, he'll probably end up winning it just because everybody loves uh, everybody loves uh, Tom Brady, you know. I mean, it's hard not to like the guy. Uh, he's got 2,200 pass yards, 2,257 to be exact, for 322 a game, which is insane at 44 years old. He's also got 21 touchdowns to three interceptions on 67%. Uh, then I've got Josh Allen in the mix. The Bills are playing ridiculous right now. Like I said, they've got they've got two blowouts or not two blowouts. They got two shutouts, which were also blowouts. Um, he's got 70, 17, uh, 23 pass yards for two eighty seven in the game. Uh, Fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions on sixty five percent. Sixty five percent in the NFL is really good for for any quarterback. Even like Tom Brady, he's at sixty seven percent. Josh Allen, he's also got 214 rushing yards for two touchdowns on the ground. Um, and then, like I said, Derrick Henry's got to be in the mix. He's got <clears throat> he's got 191 rush yards for 869 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, I think you could probably make the case. But I think it kind of just depends on what, what uh, obviously what their team, their respective teams do. Um, by the end of the year. Uh, I do know I want Derrick Henry in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent a few trades out, but nobody's biting. I regret not taking him. I, I didn't think he was going to have almost a 1,000 yards before week, like, seven, okay? Yeah. See, I I, uh, I had the number one pick in one league and the number two pick, and actually league that me and you were in. Uh, I, took him, I took him in both of those leagues. And McCaffrey, he has been uh, – I'm sorry. You probably thought I meant Derrick Henry. I took McCaffrey in both of those leagues. Why the fuck and, would you say I took him? And then yeah, <laughs> I, I, was getting, I was getting ahead of myself. I took McCaffrey in both of those leagues. I'm sorry. <laughs> I 
I took McCaffrey, and we all know he's been out for, I think, the fourth week in a row now, probably going to be out two more weeks. Um, I wish I would have took Derrick Henry, though, obviously. He's probably averaging, if I had to guess, he's probably averaging close to 30 in fantasy, which is unheard of. Um, anyway, <clears throat> the next – the next award I've got is uh, the P- Defensive Player of the Year, and I've got Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys. Uh, it's Diggs Island out there. You don't throw towards this guy. He's got uh, seven interceptions, two of which are pick sixes. Uh, that's ridiculous considering they've only played, what, six six games so far this year. Um, he's also got 11 pass breakups and, and 23 tackles as well. Um, so I think I think – to this point in the season, um, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But to this point in the season, you got to put Trayvon Diggs in the defensive player of the year category. Um, and for the offensive rookie of the year, I don't know how you could put anybody else other than Jamar Chase. The dude is playing ridiculous right now. Um, do you got him in one of your leagues? Uh, yeah, he was my pick, my blowout fantasy player. So I'm I'm nice. digging that pick. Nice. Good pick there. By the way, Derrick Henry is averaging 26.6 points per game in fantasy. Ridiculous. ridiculous. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, he's got 35 receptions for 754 yards and six TDs. I want to say, uh, I want to say he's had a touchdown in all but one game this year, maybe. And I thought he might've had two last week, but I don't think he had two because he'd have more than six. Um, anyway, Jamar Chase is a freak. There was a lot of talk about him before the year. I think he had a comment about something, something about the football. Uh, you know, he said it was, said it looked different. It's a little bit harder to see, but obviously he's seen it just fine because he's just tearing everybody up. And the Bengals, what about the Bengals this year? Are they are they are they in the lead in that division? They're the number one team in the AFC right now. If the playoffs started, they're the number one seed. Wow. Okay. Nice. And Mike, I got a question for you. Okay. Who are you taking? Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? I'm taking Chase. I'm taking Chase. Uh, they're both really good players. I actually traded, I actually traded Justin Jefferson in one league, which I'm regretting right now. I had I had Keenan Allen and Tyler Lockett, Sterling Chip. I had a bunch of receivers, and I needed some running back help. So I traded I, I traded uh, traded Jefferson. I don't remember the exact trade, but I, I think I got two running backs out of the deal, and and those two running backs were uh, Melvin Gordon, which he's played decent, and then and then um, Devin Singletary, who after no. I traded him has averaged maybe five points per game. So there you go. You traded a number one receiver <laughs> for two guys who get Man, like 10 I had, touches a game. I had I had Lockett and Allen. They had like Lockett doesn't Lockett has like two games where he scores over 40 points. And I and traded that's it. him right after those two games. Okay. I was like, shoot, he's tearing it up again, just like he did last year. I got two, I got two wide receiver ones. I don't need, I don't need Jefferson. Let's see if I can. I, I I thought there was some value there, but obviously, I got hosed on that deal. Someone told me they needed Tyler Lockett to score like four points yesterday, and he couldn't even do that. <laughs> he scored three and a. Hey, yeah. I will I will give him this. He's playing with Geno Smith, which he's 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 a guy you maybe want as your backup. You know, just a veteran, but 
he's definitely not a gunslinger like like uh, Russell Wilson. So, in other words, I need Russell Wilson to come back ASAP. Um, and then the defensive rookie of the year. I'll be honest with you, I haven't I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the defensive side of the ball. It's the same thing uh, as the person who's getting rook. I mean, defensive player of the year, man. Who? Trayvon Diggs? Micah Parsons. Oh, I, I've got I've got Trayvon Diggs. Well, Trayvon Diggs, it's his second year. I know. I, I've got him as the defensive player of the year, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. Who's the rookie on that team on defense? Micah Parsons. They're gonna get it. They're both okay. gonna that yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, I look at the Cowboys defense and I don't I don't see a defensive player of the year and a defensive rookie of the year and then see and and th- usually when you have that, you have a you know top five all, a top five defense. I don't I don't think the Cowboys have a top five defense. For me, this is also not being a Cowboy homer. It's just because that defense is so bad. I feel like it's getting duct taped by two great players that okay. are young players like that's Yeah, that makes sense because I mean. Last year they were awful. I mean, they what were they the last in the league? Um, which so I mean this year you could be you could be one tackle better, you could be one interception better than last year and then still be better. So uh <clears throat> we'll go with Micah Parsons for defensive rookie since JD says so. I mean, and the injuries, the man is a middle linebacker that had to play defensive end on two oh, I know. different he, games. He, he's kind of he's kind so, of a jack of all trade. He, he's yeah. kind of like that. Uh, I don't know if you remember when Jabril, uh, Jabril Peppers came out from Michigan. They were, yeah, they were playing him at safety, linebacker. He was coming off the edge a little bit. But don't uh, compare so the two. Jabril is a poor man's Micah, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, right. I'll give you that. I'm, I'm talking about the hype coming out. He was hyped up to be one of the best defensive players ever. So we'll put Micah Parsons at, at the defensive uh, rookie of the year. Uh, and then, and then for the final comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott has got to take that. I mean, the man, what he played four, four, three, four games last year, um, and he was killing the league. He was averaging three fifty plus, I think, close to that, um, a game. This year, through six games, he's got he's got eighteen hundred and thirteen pass yards. That's good for three hundred two a game. What about uh, Lee Corso? Not so fast. <laughs> what about joy burrow baby number one team in the western conference okay okay joe burrow i got what? you I no, love? I think, no love no love no, no no hey hey we'll give we'll give joe burrow some love he's got the number one team in the afc as you pointed out a minute ago uh, or was he never here because you have to come back you have to be yeah, like an all that, pro that's kind of my deal he didn't he didn't have what was last year was his rookie year i believe Is that yeah right? so I mean, I think he played pretty good. I wouldn't say he, he definitely did not play near as good as Dak did that year. But anyway, Dak gets hurt. <clears throat> Obviously, it grew some ankle energy. You saw it on Hard Knocks. Uh, he comes back this year, and he, he, he started right where he left off. Uh, he didn't slow him down one bit. He's got 1,800 uh, pass yards on the year. That's good for 302 per game. Uh, he's also got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, on 73%. And as we mentioned earlier, 65 or better in the league is pretty good. And 75, 75 is, is, uh, is ridiculous. And he's at 73% completion percentage. So that's it for uh, kind of the NFL. You know, we got into some of the power rankings and kind of defensive 
uh, or kind of some awards uh, to this point in the year. We're only six, six, I think it was, this is the eighth week, so we're seven games in. Um, <clears throat> obviously, a lot can change. Um, so uh, now we're going to get into some, some NBA action, which I love. I like the NFL, um, but I love the NBA. Uh, my my top five teams, maybe not right now, but I think I think towards the end of the year, um, I I think I think the Nets go ahead and pull it off this year. I think I think them getting not they're not out of the Kyrie situation yet, but I think them uh, not allowing him to participate with the team, I think that's kind of got the distraction away, and. Look, I think the Nets are. I think the Nets are good enough to win the championship with with just Katie and James Harden, and and also the the pieces they have around them. Katie is probably going to end up winning MVP this year. <clears throat> so, I think I think the Nets end up pulling off and and win uh win the championship. Um, I think the Bucks the Bucks are probably the most disrespected uh championship team ever. That no, everybody's talking about the Nets. Not very many people talking about the Bucks. Um, and 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 I don't understand it. They didn't they they didn't get any worse. I think they may have gotten a little better. They're gonna have Don Dante DiVincenzo back. Uh, they also added Grayson Allen, which I think is kind of an underrated uh, pickup. <laughs> so I think the I think the Bucks. I think they're right there. Um, I think. It'll be uh, the Bucks and Nets in the conference finals, with ultimately we'll have the Nets pulling it off. I think I think the Jazz will be up there. Uh, I think they're I think they're built for the regular season. I don't think I don't think that they'll uh, I don't think they're good enough to do anything really. Um, last year they were the best team in the NBA. Uh, just in the regular season. And I think they got bounced in, in the second round, I believe, maybe the first round. No, I think, I think they beat the Grizzlies in the first round and then they, they got beat out by the, who beat them last year? The Suns. Did the Suns beat them? I don't remember. Uh, then I, then I, what'd you say, JD? Saying it had to be the Suns. It had but to be the Suns. I'm not well because it was Clippers played the Mavs and Suns played Lakers. Then the Clip, no, they played Clippers. I don't. I forgot who it was, but so then it would have had to have been the. It was the other side. Whoever's on it, would, it would have been the Clippers then, right? That have been the Clippers. No, because uh, Clipper. It was the Nuggets. No, it was the Clippers. It because was. yes, because. They beat the Jazz, the final two games without Kawhi, I believe. Kawhi got hurt in game game four, and I think they beat. They end up winning the last two games. Oh yeah. Uh, so, in, so Clippers right? made the Western Conference Finals. Yes, oh, it was did. their first ever. Yeah, it was their first yeah, ever that, Western. That That's sense. right. That's right. Man, how, how quickly you forget about the exactly. Finals Clippers. <laughs> Kawhi tears his ACL, never comes back, and blah right. blah blah. So. Right. Uh, and and PG, he's just not enough. Uh, 
I think he's a really good two, but I don't think, as we saw while he was in Indiana and 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 even while he was with the Thunder, I, we saw that he he just he's just not he's not very good in the playoffs. Which, like I said, he willed him he willed him to a few wins over the Jazz, so that's that's saying something. I think he I think he kind of uh, he kind of turned the the narrative narrative was you know he he can't win in the playoffs. I think he kind of turned it a little bit, but. Um, we're going to find a lot about PG, uh, after this year, um, without Kawhi. I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously the number one guy. So, but back, back to the, uh, my top five, I've got the Suns at four. Um, they, they, they have a really good team and they actually added, they added Landry Shamit. Um, and I think they added some other person. I can't remember. Um, then I have the Lakers at five. Uh, I don't believe in the Lakers. Uh, I actually have a bet that they will not win another championship while Russell Westbrook is there. And I fully believe that. Um, <clears throat> I think they're good enough to be a top five team in the league. They're good enough to make the finals probably. Um, but I just don't see the fit. I don't see the fit with Russell and LeBron. They're two very similar players. They got to have the ball in their hands. Although LeBron is a much better shooter. Um. Uh, what What are your thoughts about the Lakers this year? I admit, I still have yet. I got league pass. I've yet to watch their game yet, just because they're actually on national TV, so they don't get a lot of league pass play. But okay. I think it'll work. Like Le- LeBron will find a way to make you fit. AD will play the five. Like Russell will be like a makeshift power forward that is a little. I think it'll work. It might take 10, 12 games, but it'll work. Yeah, you may be right. Um, I mean, obviously, LeBron is just, you know, he's just the ultimate, the ultimate guy. I mean, he'll make a lot of, he'll make a lot of things work. Um, I think Russell would be better probably coming off the bench and playing without LeBron just because of, like I said, their style of play. You don't think so? I'm saying, okay, say Melo's shot's actually going, and then you just get another guard shooting. LeBron has the ball. Then Russell's just a slasher because you got shooters all around him. You're saying you can't have one guy who's a slasher who's maybe not the best shooter in the world? Yeah, but the problem is Russ, I mean, he's never played off the ball in his career. So, I mean, you can call him a slasher, but he doesn't slash. He doesn't cut. He doesn't set screens. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He just kind of stands and watches. So it's LeBron LeBron. James. If he thinks that he can't, he like Dwayne Wade, like I love Russell, but Russell was never at the point when D Wade was like top three player in the game. And if Russell still can't learn to be like, all right, maybe I need to like, you know, run off ball, catch an alley-oop every now, like once or twice a game. Maybe I need to, you know, set an off ball screen to get myself a wide open mid-range jumper like if he doesn't realize he has to adjust that way then right. yeah and I th- how did I think, he make it to professional basketball i think lebron i think lebron is probably the one guy that can that can you know get into russell's hard head and and make him realize that so i think i think you know the further we get along in this thing i think uh I think Russell will kind of realize he, he's got to do something without the ball because, because I mean, he, he can't, he can't shoot. I think, I think he's shooting 9% from three on the year, which is, it's horrid. Uh, 
He also has like 17 turnovers in their first three games. So I, I think I think they'll end up figuring it out and they'll ultimately, like I said, I've got them in my top five. So I think they'll be, you know, they'll 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 end up figuring it out to an extent. I don't think they'll win the championship. Um for my my Western Conference projections, I've got the Jazz at one. Like I said, they're they're built for the regular season. So uh and and they were the number one team in the regular season last year, as I mentioned before. I've got the Suns, and I don't know what they're doing with DeAndre Ayton. They've they've extended uh they they even went out and extended Landry Shamit, who hadn't even played a game with them. So but they're not gonna extend Aiden. I don't I don't understand that. Uh I've got the I've got the Warriors at number three. Um, I think Steph can make it. Probably going to make a case for MVP. I know he did that last year, uh, and then eventually they're going to get Clay back. And once they get Clay back, they're going to be scary. Um, at, at four, I've got the Lakers. I think you know they're the oldest team in the NBA. I think they're going to rest a lot. Um, LeBron, I know he's actually. I think they play in OKC tonight, and he's not playing tonight so we're we're four games into the season he's already taken rest so I think they're going to rest a lot uh and also they're not worried about the regular season because they do have LeBron they do have Anthony Davis and they do have Russell Westbrook so uh if they can just if they can get into the playoffs you know with with home court advantage I think they'll be good um then I've got the Denver Nuggets at five uh Jamal Murray is going to come back uh I want to say at the beginning of the year maybe in February um and once once he comes back, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good. Um, they've got uh, Michael Porter Jr., who I think he's gonna have a really good year this year. Um, and then at, at number six, I've got the Mavericks. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, Luca. Uh, Luca is is a is a great player. He'll probably end up being a uh, you know a Hall of Famer at some point. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think with what they have around him right now, I know they got Porzingis, but Porzingis is, he just plays scare, man. He doesn't, he doesn't rebound. Uh, he just kind of, he just kind of stands around and watches too. So um, I, I've got them at six. Uh, I think they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably end up getting beat in the first round like they did last year. Um, and then, and then my play in teams, I've got the trailblazers. I've got the Clippers at eight. Um, I don't believe in the Clippers without Kawhi. Mainly about what we talked about earlier with Paul George. Um, he's shown that that he kind of folds under pressure. Um, and also, they're I mean they're a Paul George injury away from being uh, pretty bad. Uh, I do think Terrence Mann he'll he'll probably be a most imp- most improved player candidate this year. Um, so I think that I think they'll make in a ultimately making the playoffs but they're uh i've got them at eight right now i've got the grizzlies at nine and i kind of like the t wolves t wolves to sneak in over everybody else <clears throat> oh they've got anthony edwards which he he'll he'll he himself will probably be a most improved player candidate um they've got uh you know cat and i think it's i think it's a big year for cat uh he he doesn't play good on the defensive end um he's obviously a great he's a great stretch five who can who can dribble um he can score at will but I think he's got to get better on the defensive end if, if the T-Bulls want to do anything um and then after this I've got the, the Kings at 11 
Pelicans, Spurs, Rockets, and the uh, my OKC Thunder at 15, which they'll be lucky to win 10 games this year. Uh, we'll talk about the Thunder in a little bit, kind of give you guys a, a preview of the season, kind of expectations, goals, uh, kind of for each player. <clears throat> um, but that that's my that's my uh, Western Conference projections uh, for the East. I've got the Bucks at one. Um, they're def- they're the defending champs, uh, and I think they'll, they'll win a lot of games in the regular season. Uh, for the Nets, I've got them at two. I think you know the injuries will be key with them. Obviously, uh, every I think all, I'm gonna say between Kyrie, Katie, and uh, James Harden last year, they they played just a handful of games together. So um, Kyrie, if, if something happens with, with, you know, the, uh, the vaccine mandate up in New York, I think he could be back at some point, but I, I think they got a little bit of relief knowing that he's not going to be there and that he may be playing away games and maybe practicing some days, maybe not. I think it's a little bit of relief, just kind of, kind of getting some stability there. Um, I believe that the Nets should trade Kyrie for Ben Simmons. And I know we talked about this a little bit. Um, you think it's a bad idea, but I think, I think both teams win in this. Um, they don't, the Nets don't need a, they don't need another ball handle. They don't need another score. They've got, you know, two MVPs and, and two guys that can score at will. And I think Ben Simmons would give them just, you know, a, a, a Dennis Rodman, so to speak, with, with obviously a little bit better passing abilities. So. That's like saying the Lakers should be trading Russell Westbrook for Klay Thompson. Like, of course, it would help the Warriors to have someone who can go in the paint. And since they have a shitload of shooters, and of course, it would help the Lakers to just get another shooter. But why would they just help each other out like that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, I kind of agree with that. But I think I think it just puts the Nets over the top. I think, I mean, I think they're the favorite anyway, but I think that they're clear cut favorite. If you, if you add a guy like Ben Simmons who can just go in there, get rebounds, run the floor, uh, uh, you know, pass, uh, play defense. I mean, he's an elite defender. Um, and, and we're all quick to forget that, that Ben Simmons was an all NBA player just two, three years ago. I know he's got a lot of backlash for his performance in the playoffs, and rightfully so. I'm not forgetting. That's why I'm not giving an all-pro player to my yeah. biggest rival who's already better than me. Like, just because I get a little bit better, but they're already better than me. So let me give them an all-pro player for someone who's not even helping them. You see, right. like, the Kyrie's I, I not helping them. Yeah, my bad. I got um, you. No, you're good. Um, I don't know. It, I, I like it just because I, I want to see, you know, I want to see both the guys play. And I, at this point, I don't know when Ben Simmons is going to play. I don't know when Kyrie's going to play. I don't know if Kyrie will ever play a game again. I mean, he may retire. We, we don't know. Kyrie's I'm done with Kyrie. I used to love Kyrie. He was my favorite player next to Russell Westbrook. I'm, I'm so done with him just because yeah. I don't know if he cares about basketball. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've got, I've got the Hawks at three. I don't think I don't think last year was a fluke. Uh, Trey Young showed he's he's a superstar in this league. They've got a lot of talent around him. Um, they made a bunch of moves uh, as far as extending guys. They extended John Collins. They extended uh, Kevin. Uh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Herter? Kevin Herter. Herter? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Kevin Herter. Um, 
they're getting DeAndre Hunter back. They're also getting Cam Reddish back. Um, I think, I think, like I said, last year wasn't a fluke, and I think the Hawks are here to stay. They're gonna be, they're gonna be top three, four teams in the league for you know the good portion of the next five years. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Sixers and the Ben Simmons uh, fiasco. That is, um, I think everything that needs to be said has already been said. He Ben Simmons got a lot of backlash last year. Uh, his his head coach, you know publicly criticizing him right after, you know, one of the biggest, biggest uh, and, and worst games of his career for that matter. Um, I, th- I think a, a, a change of scenery will do Ben Simmons a lot of good. If he goes to, I would take him on the Thunder. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but if he goes to a team like the Thunder, um, maybe the Spurs, you know, they're not, they're, they're fighting for the bottom four or five teams of the league. He doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't have any high expectations. He can just go out, um, you know, fix his, fix his mistakes, um, maybe shoot a little bit, maybe not, whatever. Um, but I think a change of scenery for Ben Simmons would, be, would benefit him, and I think it will also benefit the 76ers because that's a huge distraction going into the, to a season like this uh, where, I, my personal opinion, I think the East is better than the West this year, and I think the East is loaded. Um, the top top – I mean, top 10 teams, I mean, they're from from three down to 10. I've got Charlotte Hornets at the 10, and they're, what, three and two and one? I, I know they're at number two in the East right now. So I've got them at 10. Uh, but I think from three to 10, you can make you – could, you could put any order from three to 10, and, and you would have – you can make a case for that. Um, so I've got the Sixers at four. I've got the Miami Heat at five. You're looking at me a little bit crazy, JD. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just want my only comp- thing I was disagreeing in the West was how high you were on the Nuggets, but the East. I was, so obviously, Rick Carlisle is not a good coach, and you have no faith in a healthy Indiana Pacers. I've got the Pacers at seven. Exactly. Like healthy last year, they were at like four. All I those think, pieces with a better coach. Come on now. Like I think I, I think they've started off the year one and two, maybe, which obviously is three games in a season. Uh, and a new but, coach. Come on. But hey, like I said, you could you if you want to make the case for the Pacers at three, then I'm not gonna argue with you. I'm saying from three to ten. Uh but sixers are like slotted into three. I've got sixers I, at four. I've got the Hawks at three. I like the Hawks, but the faith you have in the Hawks, I love me some Trey, but to be a consistent team that, and I like watching them, but I don't know if they can be consistently defend through an 82 game season to be the number three team. I, I just mean, mean they're a top so, five, top six team. By so the, no the Hawks, fluke. the Hawks were terrible last year at the beginning of the season. I don't know their record, but I know yeah. after they, they, they made a change um, for uh, Nate McMillan. Is that, that's not right. Is that the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once they made that change, I want to say they they were the best team in the East from that point on. Uh, they won the most games. Um, uh, and so, like I said, I just I don't think it's a fluke. And I think they've got so much talent. They got so much young talent. They're they're going to be good for for three, four, five more years. Where do you have my team, my team of the East? I, you know, the team I've been telling you about. Where do you got them ranked? Because they're making the playoffs this year. Your team, the Cavs? Yeah. I've got the Cavs at 13. 
13? They are not making the playoffs this year. What, the Cavs are which, a horrible organization. When you get down, let me – can I make a case? Let, let me make a case for the Cavs when you're – oh, All right, all right. Let, let, yeah, let me get – all right. So, I've got the Sixers for the Heat. Uh, they, I, like, I like the Heat. I think uh, I think Tyler, Tyler Hero is going to be uh, – I think he's going to be sixth man of the year possibly. Uh, he's going to be up there. He's coming off the bench this year. Um, I've got the Celtics at six, the Pacers at seven. The Bulls at eight, which they they played really good to this point in the season. Um, I think they're good enough to win games, but I I'm not I don't know how where they're gonna fit. Which obviously they've shown they they fit pretty well. But uh, um, then I've got the Knicks at nine, and then the Hornets I've got at ten. Um, and here's how quickly we forget. Um, I wrote I wrote Hornets at ten, Wizards at eleven, Cavs at uh, twelve. The Pistons at 13 and the Magic at 15, and I'm like, or the Magic at 14, and I'm like, man, who is who is the 15th team? Who I had to go and look at the Eastern Conference teams just to Toronto. figure out that I that I miss Toronto. <laughs> I miss Toronto. Um, so I've got I've actually got Toronto at 11. Um, we've got some nice young talent. They've got Pascal Siakam, uh, and then the Wizards at 12, Cavs at 13. Uh, the Pistons at 14, and then the Magic at 15. Magic are, are horrible this year. They're gonna be they're gonna be fighting with the Thunder for the uh, for the worst team in the league. But like I said, I've got the I've got the Cavs at, at 13. So let let's let's hear your case. Okay, the Cavs not a bad overall roster. Okay, in terms of having NBA players to put on the court, they have the best four-man big-man rotation who I've been – the Lori Marketing. Yeah, but the best, the best four – Who? what other team has four big men that can play? Exactly, to where they play bully ball, and then they close the game with three of them, with three seven-footers, with Mobley, Allen, or Love, and then Marketing and usually is at the three because he can kind of shoot. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and then you got I – mean, uh, go what's this – Oh, sorry. Uh, what's his name? Uh, that's been, uh, God, uh, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton. He's, I like Colin Sexton. He can go to the rim. He can score. They do need a, some better shooters. But Rubio, Rubio's a guy who, you know, early on in career, you don't like him because you want him to score more. But as he become a, you know, that grizzly vet, he controls the ball, doesn't turn over, and he's a good stable point guard late in games. Okay. So. What I would suggest them honestly do, because, you know, they're just trying to get rid of John Wall in Houston. So, in my opinion, do like a second-round pick and just take on that John Wall money. So then, you know, you might even close the game with John Wall, Ricky Rubio, and one of Garland or Sexton. Do like three guards, two seven-footers. And you can like play who's hot. And then you have a young team with like Mobley, who's obviously going to be one of the best big men in the game already because he's just active. So right. you got a great big man, some veteran presence in the backcourt. Because, you know, with veteran presence, you just don't need to make mistakes. So get a Rubio, John Walsh, your talent. And that just compete every night. And then win 38 to 42 games. That gets you in the playoffs. You think the Cavs can win 38 to 42? With That's what they need to add a bigger veteran <laughs> okay. like if a John Waller. Yeah, yeah, they need to add a high-money veteran like a John Waller. 
I don't know. You're uh, you're a lot higher on the Cavs, but I mean, your points are well taken. Uh, yeah, I they got don't, a solid roster. I don't know how it works with four. I mean, four legit big men. I mean, Jared Allen is one yeah. of the better. Well, he's one of the better big men in the league. Uh, Evan Mobley, obviously, he was the you know number three pick. So I mean, he's got game two. Um, I don't. Bro, know. he's so active around the rim, like putbacks, boards. He does those little – doesn't need the ball. Kevin Love is more active to where he doesn't play a lot of minutes. And then Mark – to where I'm saying you're stable at four positions. So all they need they, are two positions. I think they're – I think they need to get rid of Kevin Love, honestly. They're they're strapped on his contract. And and if you if you say bring John Wall in, then they're, they're paying close to – I want to say Kevin Love's well, making like 25. I think John Wall's making close to 40. Um, and then they paid Jared Allen. But at the end of the day, those are the only two guys they're paying. Oh, marketing, they just paid $15 million. Damn, he gets paid a lot. So, I, I mean, I think if you're going to bring John Wall in, then I think I think you've got to get rid of Kevin Love, which I think they got to get rid of Kevin Love anyway. Well, I, mean, I think they've been trying to. So, if you send right. Kevin Love to, like, the Celtics, and the, I just think if, like, if you're not over the luxury tax, I'll end it on this. Take, But if you're not – over the luxury tax and you can take on a John wall. Why not keep Kevin love? Cause he is a serviceable player. Right. Like getting rid of him for nothing. is just and he, he, Kevin love will be good on like a, you know, like a, maybe like a bulls team who need a, yeah. a big man lay or, or, you know, somebody on a contender. Uh, Kevin love can go to a contender. I was hoping that somehow before Kimba Walker, Kimba Walker got traded for the Thunder. I was hoping somehow they would trade Kimba to the Cavs, take on Kevin, Kevin's contract, maybe give us some picks, and then ultimately the Thunder would get the number three pick and take Mobley. I was hoping that would happen. That that that's a that was kind of a stretch. Uh, there were talks that that it may happen, but obviously it didn't happen. Um, Kimba gets traded to the Celtics, and and the Cavs keep Kevin Love. But um, anyway, that's. That's kind of where we're at. The Thunder, uh, worst team in the league. They're gonna be they're gonna be struggling to get uh, ten wins this year. So, um, which the Thunder, obviously, I, I like I said earlier, I live in Oklahoma. The Thunder are probably gonna be the team that I that I follow the most. Probably gonna have the most commentary on the Thunder. Um, and for right now, uh, I've got I've got some kind of goals and expectations for them as a team and kind of them as a uh, you know, as individuals, um, for, for them as a team, I think, you know, just kind of go out and compete and they're going to play a lot of players. So the players that are, that do end up on the floor, um, I know you don't like this word, but, uh, I think, I think it, they just need to develop, uh, as many players as they can that way, you know, when it is time to start, you know, maybe competing for, uh, the play in tournament, which, I don't think they'll be in the playoffs for at least two more years. Uh, and I don't think they'll even be contenders for the next five or so. Um, contender being top, top five in, in the West. Um, <clears throat> but my goals for, for Shea this year is, uh, you know, just don't regress. Last year he shot uh, 50% from the field, 40% from three, uh, and averaged 23 points per game, which – uh, 50% from the field and 40% from three is, is good for any player. Um, you know, the, that's, that's your, uh, you know, LeBron James, uh, which I don't think he's ever shot 40%, but that's your, you know, Kevin Durant of the world. 
don't don't think I'm comparing Shay to Kevin Durant because that's not what I'm here to do. I promise you. But anytime you can you can shoot 50 and 40 from you know from the field, that's that's really good. Uh, so so for Shay, just don't regress. You know, keep may, maybe make an All Star this year. That may be a stretch, but um, last year he, he had he had a resume that that could have put him uh, in an All Star game. Maybe if if you know maybe some if, if a player or two get hurt. Um, he would have been a candidate for a, a for a replacement um, for uh, Lou Dort. Um, he needs to improve offensively. Um, he's already elite on the defensive end. Um, I want to see him, you know, get into the mid mid to high high thirties and and uh, three point percentage, uh, get better uh, get better uh, playmaking um, because uh, the Thunder that's what that's kind of what they've they've. Uh, They've drafted. That's kind of what they've built built upon as far as the last few years. They've they've got guys that can uh, play make. They can play off the ball. They can dribble a little bit, and they can all pass. So so for uh, Lou Dort, you know, get get better playmaking. Um, I want to see him maybe make a defensive team, all defense team, um, which I I don't think is is much of a stretch at all. Maybe maybe first team is a little bit of a stretch, just given that he plays for the Thunder and that they're going to be horrible on defense this year. But I think he could make a second team. Um, he he's the defensive leader. Um, so, like I said, they're not going to be very good at all on defensive end, but just kind of help guys out. You know, um, tell them where they need to be on certain certain uh, spots, and and just be the leader and the captain on defensive end. Um, the number six pick in the draft, Josh Giddy, uh, he, he's got to play like it. Um, if if you're picking at number six, you, you know you're picking for a for a, a for an all star, a perennial all star, um, and 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 hopefully uh, uh, maybe a Hall of Famer down the road. I don't think Josh Giddy to this point in his career, he, I don't I don't see him being a Hall of Famer, but uh, he's got to play like the number six pick. Um, he's had an, a very encouraging preseason. Uh, he averaged uh, 13.5 points per game, seven rebounds, five assists, uh, and, and he actually shot 50% from the field and 40% from three as well, which I, I think those numbers will come down a little bit. He's not a, he's not a great shooter to this point. Um, so 40% from three in the preseason, that's, that's, uh, that's probably his uh, very high ceiling for him. Um, he was – among rookies, he was sixth in points per game, fifth in rebounds, second in assists, and second in field goal percentage. Um, so, like I said, I, I just want Josh Giddy to, to play like he's the number six pick, and, and so far he's done that. Uh, he's had a really good uh, preseason, like I said, and in the first couple games of the season, uh, he's been he's been very encouraging. Uh, it would be the word that I would use for him. Uh, uh, Darius Baisley. This is his third year, and I think it's a very crucial year for him. Um, me and JD differ on this. Uh, I think he's I think he's a decent player. He could be he could be a decent player on a on a good team, um, but he's got to improve his shooting. He's a really good playmaker. He's really good going to the rim. Um, uh, he's a little bit he's a little bit uh, uh, he, he needs to improve on his strength. I'll put it at that. So. Uh, like I said, the third year for Darius basically is a very crucial year this year. Um, Can you define that for me again? This is where we differ. You what? said he could be a good player on a he could be a decent team. player. He could be a decent player on a good team, and that's what I mean because he could be, I don't. 
Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I don't see him as Trevor Ariza just yet. I see maybe in four or five years. So is he a starter on a contending team? Um, I think he could be the the uh, fifth best starter on a contending team. I don't think he's going to be your leading scorer. He's not going to be the guy that you play through. Um, but but he can do some things. He can rebound. He can he can pass pretty good. He can handle the ball. Um, what he can't really do so far is shoot. Um, but like so I said, I think PJ Tucker. No, because a PJ Tucker can can lock you down for one. He can shoot from the corner a little bit, which I think Basley can do that if he can he can he can uh, develop a shot a little bit. Um, I can see him being like a like an Andre Iguodala, maybe not as good as Andre Iguodala because Andre Iguodala is. I mean, he's a finals MVP. I'm not saying Darius Baisley, but but that type of player, he can he can kind of do it all. He can shoot a little bit. He can pass. He can rebound. He's just kind of like a jack of all trades. You don't agree with that? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> he can kind of be six man of the year finals MVP. No, I'm but not like saying not saying quite a, that. Like he's not that type talented, of player. But that's, that's like who he can be. <laughs> We'll move on. From, we'll we'll argue about him later. Uh, uh, Teo Maladon uh, is my next guy. He he's kind of the backup point guard for the Thunder right now. Um, he's also competing with Trey Mann, who they just picked up uh, in this draft. Um, he had a decent rookie season, uh, so so for him, he needs to build on that. Which decent for the Thunder is obviously not very high standard. So. Um, uh, for Teo, I just he just needs to provide some leadership and command the offense, you know, off the bench when he is on the floor. Um, and then uh, I've got, like I said, I mentioned Trey Man. Um, he's probably going to be like the sixth man for the Thunder next year. Um, he's a great shot creator. Uh, so, uh, but I think I think at first it's going to be kind of sloppy for him. Um, he he can he's really good off the dribble. Um, he's gonna he's gonna you know get too fast and kind of be out of control on some possessions, but he's gonna show really good flashes of you know maybe hitting a step back three, uh, which he just did in in one of the first few games. He hit a step back three, or it may have been a long two, but anyway to end to end a quarter. Um, so that's kind of what you're gonna see uh, for him. But I want to see him get you know kind of cut down on the sloppiness and be a little bit more under control uh, uh, by the end of the year. And, and like I said, be that sixth man that, that I think he could be. I'm not saying sixth man of the year. I'm just saying the sixth man for the Thunder. Uh, and then, then I've got uh, uh, Alexi Pokashevsky. Uh, he's going to be my, the last player I kind of want, want to talk about here. Um, this is his second year, and he's also the youngest player in the league. So I don't expect much out of him, and I don't think I'm going to get much out of him. Uh, at, to this point in his career, he's a he's a massive project. Uh, he's he's like a seven footer, I think. He can handle a little bit, but he's super small, so uh, he needs to gain a little bit a little bit of weight and uh, kind of focus on his uh, strength. Uh, I know in the off season, uh, the Thunder were trying to get him to do that. Actually, he was eating you know ten meals a day, so uh, which which he talked about in some of his press conferences. Um, for him. Uh, he, he's got to get better off the ball. He played overseas, and uh, he's a, he's great with the ball in his hand. He can dribble. He can run the pick and roll as a point guard. He can shoot a little bit, um, but 
he's got to get better off the ball. And, and, and I mentioned his strength, which th- that kind of runs hand in hand with my next point, but uh, he's got to improve substantially on the defense. Uh, so far, uh, he, he's got kind of slow feet. It looks like he's playing in the mud a little bit. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I want to see out of him, just to get better off the ball and improve uh, on his defense. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of my uh, my goals, maybe some of my expectations for, you know, kind of the the main six or seven guys uh, for the Thunder this year. Um, I didn't talk about I didn't talk about Mike Muscala or or maybe Derek Favors, but those are just kind of uh, leadership guys, just uh, two of their big men that they've got. Just uh, like I said, just be leaders and and be that veteran presence in the locker room. Um, I don't expect much out of the Thunder this year. Their over/under is 23 and a half, which I think, I think, uh, I think they'll get get that very easily. They'll be under that very easily. Um, I think they'll be struggling to win 10 games this year. Uh, they're the youngest team in the NBA, um, so I think it's going to be very difficult for them to get the uh, get the under. So if I was a betting man, I'd I'd go bet. I probably go bet my life savings on that. <laughs> and Ooh. I don't, and I don't think I don't, I would not be sweating one bit throughout the season. Uh, I, li- I like your, I like your po- Poku. I haven't watched much of him last season, but he definitely, as soon as that man got the ball in his hands, he was ready to take people off the dribble, but did not want to get position for just like a shot. So right. I really like that. Take. Right. Uh, like I said, he, I mean, he played overseas, and I mean, when you play overseas and you're a really good player, you're you're gonna have the ball in your hands. I mean, you're you're gonna be the the main scorer, the the point guard. Like I said, he's like seven two or something, and and he plays like a point guard. So, um, but he he is he is awful to this point in his career. I think he's been averaging maybe uh, I think he's been averaging like five, five minutes per game. So I think they're about to send him down to the, to the G league. If I had to guess. Okay. So give me, what is one big move you would like for the Thunder to make this season? One, one big move, big move, not just like what kind of transformed up to the starting roster, maybe to the future of the franchise. What would you like to see done to help? I don't know if there is much they can do to help. What I do think will happen and probably what I want to happen is to to trade Derek Favors. Um, he he's he's a guy kind of like we talked about Kevin Love, you know, like a, a contender. He could help a contender, you know, be the backup, uh, be the backup center, uh, just come in and, and give you minutes and 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 not see a lot of lot of drop off. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to play decent defense. He's going to rebound for you uh, and score, you know, when he gets the ball. Um, so I, I I look to see the Thunder uh, trade trade Derek favors um I guess that'd be my big move I don't see them doing much else um you know what I would really like what's that it I think we need because Shea isn't it a veteran point guard to help guide us because I feel like our team has absolutely no like control of the offense and kind of the future whether it's a DJ Augustine or how the Cavs have a Rubio just like a guy who we know is not the future of our franchise, but some type of leader. Like I can see that. I can a, see that. Wor- a less Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is obviously too talented, but someone right. who's just willing to like help our young guys mature and 
And that's the hard part. They don't want to bring in somebody that's going to help them win games. So, uh, but I mean, they had Kimball Walker, which he could be that. Um, And, but I mean, like we just talked about, they thought that he was probably going to help them win too many games. And so they traded him. But how do you help these guys mature if they don't have someone who knows just, how to play just basketball? Throw, just, just let them play. Just, I mean, but, just let them play. Like, yeah, I mean. But look at the Suns, though. They didn't know how to play till Chris Paul. As soon as they got Chris Paul, he put the pieces in order. You know, I agree. But if you remember, um, the year before he got there, they went eight and zero in the bubble. So, so they, which it is the bubble. That it's a very small sample size, but. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, Chris Paul, but I mean, like I said, you don't want, you don't really want that. You, you don't want a guy to come in and help you win games. Um, I well, not uh, like I, I win, just play the right way. Like a DJ Augustine, a Rondo, I'm just put him in positions. And I know Rondo right. isn't going to want to lose, but no, I, I just mean, feel I agree like with we're you. in bad positions in games. I agree with you. And I, I do know that they, they really like this coach, uh, Mark Dagnall. Um, and I can see just, in the very few games that I've watched of them, just um, this is his second year. He was there last year. Just, just watching like when, when Russell was here and, you know, when we had all the big names, there wasn't much ball movement. It was more of um, here, Russ, go get you a shot or, you know, let's run a pick and roll with you, Russ. Uh, I see a lot of guys uh, that can pass a lot of guys. They run a lot of dribble drive. Um Shea's their best player right now. He aver- Like I said, he averaged 23 points per game, but it wasn't like, here, Shea, go get you a bucket. Here, Shea, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, aver- he, he averaged 23 on 50%. That's that's very efficient for a young player. Um, but uh, they got a lot of guys that can that can pass the ball, dribble. Uh, and like I said, they really like Mark Dagnall because he kind of he utilizes that instead of letting guys stand in the corner or take plays off, which they've done in the past. Um, so I think, I think, I think, I think him, uh, I think he, sorry, I think he is, is kind of that guy that you're talking about just to kind of put guys in the right spots and kind of get the best out of, out of their abilities. Um, like I said, it's his second year out of, I want to say he came from like Creighton or something. He, he came from a smaller uh, college school, but he had a lot of success in college. Um, and, but between uh, him and Billy Donovan, they're, they're like two, two totally different coaches. Uh, just kind of in what they do. And, and I, like I said, I think he can be that guy that, that you're talking about that just kind of puts people in the right spot. Obviously he's not a, he's not a player. Um, I don't, I don't know if he played in the NBA, um, but the Thunder really like him and I, I like him myself. I mean, uh, he's probably the best guy going forward to this point. Um, but that's my, uh, that's my take on that. Uh like I said, the Thunder are terrible this year. <laughs> it's gonna be a long season, but uh, I'm here for it. I hope they, uh, I hope they win. I hope they don't win a game this year. Um, and so they've got, so they've got the best chance at the number one pick. Um, but as we saw, just because you have the worst record in the NBA, that doesn't mean you're gonna get the best pick. So, but uh, that kind of wraps it up for this show. Um, this has been Southern Hospitality uh, with Blake Wool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Wool, W-O-H-L underscore 20. Uh, you can also follow my man JD here at the underscore modern sport. Um, and make sure you like and subscri- subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and, and, and make sure you tune in every week. We're going to have some fun shows coming up. Uh, and hopefully we have some more to talk about. Uh, 
with with uh, you know the Big Twelve, uh, kind of the Thunder. Maybe maybe they'll win some games and maybe they won't. But we'll, we'll kind of follow follow along with all that. So like I said, make sure you go like and subscribe to the podcast, uh, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.